Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Um, incredible honor to be here today. My name is Tom, and I am privileged and honored to just be in uh, youth leadership, and I'm, I'm so honored to be able to, you know, to lead such a passionate and awesome young people every single Friday and Sunday and every day as well. Such an awesome uh, privilege and honor to be here as well. Before I get started, I just want to honor our own, our own lead pastor, Pastor Gregory Williams, you know. It's, you know, to have this privilege and to have this platform to be up here, to be able to share this message. And I want to say thank you, Pastor Gregory, for your excellent leadership. You know, there's been so many um, times in my life, both personally, spiritually, and professionally as well, where I've, I was ready to give up. I was ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to just, you know, quit. But I'm so thankful for God for really putting the right people amazing, excellent leaders in my life to say, you know what, there is a God with you and I'm here for you. And I'm so thankful for our lead pastors that is present in my life, in my family's life. And um, I can attest to all of us as well that they've been present all in our lives. Amen. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Pastor Gregory. Um, Before I get started, I want to honor one more uh, group of people. I want to honor our volunteers this morning. Can we give them a round of applause, please? You know, I'm so honored and I'm so privileged to just come here every single Sunday and, you know, serve with this team. You know, when, you know, we, we, we probably don't know this a lot, but, you know, we're still, um, Sunday mornings, we're still in our bed. We're probably still sleeping and drooling on our, you know, on our pillows with our warm weighted blankets. But you know what? Our volunteers are here early in the morning making this place, preparing this place for each and every one of us, making us feel like home. And that's, that's, that's why I want to honor our volunteers this morning. So can we give them another round of applause, please? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm super excited to open up a new series. And I'm, it's an incredible honor to open up this amazing series called... Okay, let's do that again. I'm so honored and super excited to open up this new series called The Good Work. Great. The Good Work. You know, and we're going to study about this ordinary man named Nehemiah. And who is probably, you know, one of my heroes. And we we went in depth with Nehemiah. And we we went through what Nehemiah went through. And we all go through. And um, he's probably one of my heroes in the scriptures. And we're just going to learn about how he started the good work. You know, it's very hard to start something that you're very passionate about, isn't it? You know, Um, how... It's probably like for those of you who have seen this on TV or even for yourselves as well, it's really hard to start a good business, for example, right? You've got to think about finances. You've got to think about the climate. You've got to think about, you know, uh, clients and all these other stuff. And it's really hard to start something that you're passionate about. I remember when I was in high school, right? Um, I was, I think, in year eight or year nine. I started, uh, I had this vision, and I was so excited to start something called the Green Vale Enterprise. 
people are cringing at me right now. <laughs> no, I, saw, I, I was in high school and I was like, you know what? This is going to be a place for people, for, you know, for people of all ages to just come in and play music together. This is going to be an awesome, awesome thing that I really want to start. Well, you know when, you're, when, you, when you want to start something and you're passionate at first and you really want to get straight into it? I was like that. I was full of passion. I was full of excitement. I made, um, I made a Facebook page for it. I paid some sponsors so that I can boost my likes and stuff like that. But then the next day, right, the next day, I get into school and some of my so-called friends starts roasting me for it, right? They're like, what, what is the Greenvale Enterprise? What is that? What kind of lameville, you know, did you, did you pull that out of? And you know when, you know, you share something exciting to people and they just suck the life out of you, the passion and the excitement out of you, you know? That's what I went through, something that I was so excited about, you know? When we start something and we want, especially when we want to start a good work, we need to know the process and we need to have inspirations. But see, with inspirations comes opposition. A lot of the time when we are inspired by something, the enemy just wants to slither in and really suck the passion and the life and the excitement out of you when we want to start a good work. You know, he's always looking for ways to slither in and to come in. But what we're going to do is we're going to learn about Nehemiah today and see what processes he made and he did. And he, you know what? He, I love this because last week when we closed off our Mastermind series, I love it when Pastor Gregory mentioned that if we change our thinking, we change our lives. And that's what Nehemiah did. He changed his thinking and he changed his lives. That really ties in. And as we said, you know, starting a good work is very tricky. And I love this because Nehemiah is a great pioneer of starting a good work. What we're going to do is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to turn to the person next to us and just say, I can't take it anymore. Can we turn to the person next to you and say, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. That's the, that's the title of my message today. When you can't take it anymore, you can't take it anymore. You know, how many times have we said that in our lives? How many times today? I can't take anymore. You know, as a teacher and working as a teacher, you hear that from me a hundred times a day. <laughs> I literally can't take this anymore. And today, you know, we're going to learn about how Nehemiah did when, what Nehemiah did when he couldn't take it anymore. And we're going to, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a bit of history from the scriptures. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at three big ideas that we are going to apply in our lives that I believe will transform us, that will change our thinking and really got it, um, let God in. Let's quickly pray this morning and let's just invite God in this place. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you, God. Lord, we want to thank you for this opportunity opportunity, this moment that we could come here today, Lord Jesus, to freely worship you and receive your word, God. Father, we are so thankful because there are many parts in the world right now who can't even step out of their doors to come and worship with other people, Lord God. But here right now, right in this moment, you have given us a purpose, Lord Jesus, and a blessing, God, to receive your word this morning. So Lord, open up our hearts this morning and let you just come in and speak to us. Father, remove these lips of clay, Lord Jesus, and let you speak to your people this morning, God. In Jesus' name, we all say and pray. Amen. Amen. See, what I like about Nehemiah is he was just an ordinary dude, right? He was not 
apostle. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't even a warrior. He wasn't a Nelson Mandela. He wasn't a Gandhi. He wasn't a Mother Teresa. He was just an ordinary guy. And he was just an ordinary person having an ordinary day one day, just like you and me. And, he, and what happened was, the story goes like this. He heard a conversation just next door. He heard a conversation that really broke him. That really drove him into tears. And he had to do something about it. You know, we hear stories like this all the time. You know, even in our own lives where we hear, you know, starvation happening in that side of the world. Or deforestation is happening in that side of the world. And it breaks us and we have to, and it kind of feels like you have to do something about it. You know, has anybody gone through that before? Yeah? We've gone through that before. Well, if you didn't know anything about Nehemiah... He was just an ordinary dude, as I said, whose job was his main priority and his main job was to be a cup bearer. He was a cup bearer. Nehemiah was a cup bearer. And Tom, you might, you might be asking, Tom, what is a cup bearer? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> a cup bearer is an incredibly trusted role, right? Because if you could imagine, this guy had tremendous access to the king. He had tremendous access to the king of Persia at that time, King Artaxerxes. Right? So every time the king would have an important conversation or every time they would have a private conversations, you know, Nehemiah would have to be present to be able to give drinks to the king or to his peers. Right? Like, you know, if the king is like, you know what, hey, you know, we need to attack this place right here. Hey, how is a spy doing in that, you know, in that area of the world? Hey, how many new active nukes do we have right now? You know? Nehemiah would be present because he was the cupbearer. So you could just imagine the amount of confidential information that Nehemiah kind of keeps to himself. So Nehemiah has to be incredibly loyal to the king. He had to be full of integrity and he needed to keep his mouth shut. You know, they would have been trustworthy as well. And if you could just imagine in this time of history as well, right? There's been times where, you know, people would plot against the king or the kingdom, right? So what they would do is they would try to attempt to take the life of the king, to overthrow a kingdom. And what a crazy responsibility a cupbearer has to do is they are the only person to taste the wine before the king, right? That's the main priority. That's the main job of a cupbearer. They have to drink or taste the the wine or, or the drink first before the king to see if it's poisoned or not. You can imagine how stressful his job would be. Because if, if he was poisoned, then the man is not probably not going to live another day. All right? So one day this cupbearer Nehemiah had just had an ordinary day, kind of like you, what you and I would have. And he heard a conversation that moves him to a place of hurt and pain. He hears a conversation that drove him into tears. And here's how the story goes in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 2. If you have it with you, let's turn over to Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 2. And it says this. Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. So here we're having a conversation between Nehemiah and his brother. And he says, you know what, Nehemiah, tell me about, tell me about our, our home. Tell me about our relatives, right? Tell me about what's happening at home. 
Tell me everything. Now, the reason why Nehemiah is asking these sort of questions is that because 140 years, about 140 years prior to this conversation, the evil Babylonians actually came to Jerusalem to destroy the city, right? To take away all the Jewish people, and they took a lot of Jewish people um, as slaves and captives as well. So decades later, what happened was, you know, about 50,000 or so Jews came back to Jerusalem to, you know, rebuild, to build up the land that we so loved, that we used to, you know, grow up in. The Babylonians destroyed and trashed everything, every single thing. Now, if you can imagine how the Jewish people felt about this, they were demoralized. They felt completely hopeless. What are we going to do? We have no homeland. It's over. Now, when they finally decided to come back and they were going to rebuild everything, they finally come back. And you know when you got, as I said earlier, you had that passion, that excitement. But then shortly after when they came back, they hit a dead end. They were like, where are we going to get the stuff at? Where are we going to get the equipment to build things? What are we going to do? We have no walls. We have nothing here. That's when the brother said to Nehemiah in verse 3, it says here, Those who survived the exile are back in the province and they are in great trouble and disgrace. Why? Because the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. In other words, there was no wall with no gates. There's absolutely no certainty that they will be protected. You know, how would you react if somebody came into your home, invaded your home forcefully? How would you react? Would you feel safe sleeping at night knowing that you have no doors or walls to protect you? You probably won't, right? And this is how the Jewish people felt. They were in great trouble and disgrace. And what I'm going to do today, so that's just a little bit of what Nehemiah went through. What I want to give you today are three thoughts. So if you're writing things down, there are three thoughts, thoughts about how to begin your good work. How to start a good work in your life when you face opposition, right? When everything feels impossible, when everything is not going your way and it seems like no one is on your side. Three things. The first thing we see Nehemiah do is what we may end up doing in our life at some point. Number one is it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. You know, as a, as a man living in this world, you don't know how many times I've heard in my life that men don't cry, you know, even at my own workplace, even at my own workplace. You know, I've heard so many, so many people say men don't cry. Well, that is absolutely what the enemy, and it's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe, you know, including men and women. And unfortunately today, most people in this day and age, including men and women, are afraid to show emotions because they think that it would show weakness and vulnerability. And what Nehemiah did, he didn't care about who's watching. He didn't care about who was around him. But he sat down and he wept. He sat down and he wept. So you sit down and what he did was, what happened was he let whatever it is that he heard, let it broke him. 
When what we, what we need to do is we need to sit down and let whatever it is actually break your own heart. And you can see this in verse 4. Nehemiah says this, When I heard these things, when I heard about the devastation, when I heard about the cries of my own people, when I heard about their, their plea for help, for hopelessness of my people, he says, I sat down and wept. I sat down and wept. He heard about it and he just broke down. He sat down and wept. And you know when you scroll through Facebook or Instagram or something and an ad comes up, right? And you like, you see a very sad ad about, you know, starving people around the world or something like that. See, Nehemiah didn't have that opportunity and the privilege that we have where he didn't see pictures on his phone, right? He didn't see black, sad, uh, sad, sad black and white um, videos of people on his phone. He heard about this conversation and what he did was he let this conversation break him down and he let it in. He let it in. And I'm going to tell you now, I don't know what sort of conversation they were having, but if it broke a full-grown man into tears, it would have been very serious. Now, I want to kind of get your attention away from that for a second because I want you to think about where Nehemiah was during this time. Remember, Nehemiah was a cupbearer, right? So what cupbearer does is they had tremendous access to the king. So Nehemiah was living a good life, man. Nehemiah was eating the same food as the king was, right? He was living the good life and comfortable life. Like, think about it. But at that moment, Nehemiah had a choice. He could have reacted and said, you know what? Oh, what a shame. Like how we would react most of the time. Oh, what a shame. You know, that's so sad. Skip ad. Or he could have chosen to let the pain in. He chooses to let the pain in to the point where it bothered him. He, he made, it broke him. It bothered him. You know, what breaks your heart this morning? What is it that crushes your spirit when you look at some injustice, perhaps to a group of people or a need in this world? And it makes you say and ask this question, you know what, why doesn't somebody do something about this? And maybe for you, it's the pain of hurting children around the world today. Maybe it's those children who can't read or those with special needs and need help and love. Maybe it's those who have been bullied and abused in their life. What breaks your heart this morning? I want you guys to think about that for a second. What breaks your heart? And now what I want you guys to do is I want you to let it in and let it break your heart. Let it crush you. Let it move you. Sit down to cry. Now what do you do when you can't take it anymore? We sit down to cry. Yes, men do cry too. Men, we need to stand up and say, yeah, it's okay. It's a God-given, it's a beautiful thing to let out emotions. In fact, Jesus even sat down and he wept. When he heard his friend Lazarus died. We need to sit down, let it break us, and we sit down to cry. And it's so easy, and it sounds so simple, but some of us are avoiding that this morning. The second thing that we need to do after we've sat down and cried, we can't just stay, you know, crying all the time. Oh, this is, this is, this is so sad. I'm not going to do anything about it. No, we're going to do something about it. After we've sat down and cried, this is what we're going to do. We're going to kneel down and pray. Who's excited about that this morning? We're going to kneel down and pray. You know, I think that the world has a common misconception about prayer. And I think, 
that even sometimes, even the church sometimes forgets what prayer is all about. You know, I want to kind of clear the air this morning that prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation just like you and I would have. It's a, prayer is a conversation between you and God. And Pastor Gregory talked about this last week in his, in his message. Prayer is an important lifestyle we must all have to have a successful spiritual life. And prayer is not about, you know, wearing a crazy suit or a hat or a scriptural hymn, you know, for you to have a spiritual connection with God. No, prayer is a conversation, right? You don't need to have a special talent, a requirement or knowledge to have a conversation with someone, right? You know, most of our prayers, most of my prayers are done in the shower. You might be laughing, but it's the best thing, right? You know, it's just me and God, me and God and some steam as well. But it's just always me and God, you know, just having a conversation. Prayer is a conversation, and we believe here at Transform that prayer should be a lifestyle. And this is what Nehemiah did. I love this because Nehemiah knelt down and prayed. He was a very prayerful man, and we're going to learn about this. Nehemiah says this, For some days I mourned, and I fasted, and I prayed before the God of heaven. Listen to me. If it's big enough to cry about, it's big enough to pray about this morning. It's, if it's big enough to cry about, it's big enough to kneel down, and you pray pray and you have a conversation with God and say, you know what, God, I can't do anything about this, but you of all blessings and resources can do something about this. And we kneel down and we pray about it. And Nehemiah cries out to God in verse 5. He says this, read it with me. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant of love with those who love and keep his commands. God, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to the prayer. Your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. See, after he's mourned and fastened, he prayed. He had to have a huge decision. He had a huge decision in his mind. He goes before the king and asks for permission to go back and rebuild. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll be so worried because I'm a servant. Imagine if I was Nehemiah. I'm, I'm just a servant to the king. And if I asked the king for permission and he didn't like it and he takes offense to it, oof, I don't know if my head will be attached to my body by the end of that conversation. Right? In verse 11, he talks to God. About the king and says, you know what, God, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And you watch him pray over and over and over again. And he finally says to the king, you know what, I honor you. My heart will always be with you. But King Artaxerxes, would you get, grant me permission to leave where I am to go back to my people and try to rebuild? I hope... You understand this morning that what you pray about really reflects what you believe about God. What you really believe about who God is in your life. You know, if our only prayers are, you know, bless this food, give me a good day, in Jesus' name, amen. Then we're really praying to a genie in a bottle. You know, see, Nehemiah had a real prayer. God, my people need me. And if it's by your will, grant me this access to the king. 
And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. He didn't just pray, you know what, give me safety, like how we usually pray sometimes. No, we, he prayed believing in a real, powerful, omnipotent God of the universe kind of God that we serve. You know, when we pray about things, I want everybody to pray about big, hairy, audacious prayers. Have big, hairy, audacious prayers. You know, prayers like, you know what, God move in my life. God, use me this morning. God, use me today to change someone's life. Father, God, do miracles in my life. Bring healing in my life. God, bring revival. Nehemiah was a prayerful man and he recognized and he knew that the God he served is greater than the king that is in front of him. Let me tell you now, where you are right now doesn't define where God wants to take you this morning. And more often than not, being too comfortable is actually preventing God from doing miraculous things in our lives. We hear that all the time. We hear that all the time here. Nehemiah recognized this and Nehemiah knew this and he prayed about this. God, I'm not just going to rest because I have the choice to rest. He knelt down and he prayed, God, I'm not going to sit still. He knelt down and prayed. How do you begin the good work when you can't take it anymore? You let it into your heart and you sit down and you cry. And then at some point you kneel down and pray. That's what we're going to do this morning. And then once your heart's been broken and you've knelt down and you prayed. And this is the third one. You stand and you act. You stand and you do. See, Nehemiah, after so much prayer that gave him utterance and wisdom, kind of like Moses' conversation with God through the burning bush, right? Nehemiah takes the cup and he goes to visit the king. Oh, I'm about to, you know, see this conversation. I'm about to see the king right now. I'm about to ask him. So in verse 4, the king says to him, Nehemiah, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And he says this, if it pleases the king... And if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried. Why? So I can rebuild the wall. My people are hurting. The walls are down. The city is exposed and I can't sit around and do nothing about it. Somebody has to do something and it might as well be me. We stand up and we act. What do you do when you can't take it anymore? What do we do when we can't? take it anymore you know one of one of my both my lowest and my proudest moments is when i became so unhealthy it demoralized me you know where i felt completely ashamed of myself i had so much anger in myself where i felt alone and because of all this i, I gained i actually gained a lot of weight i gained i think it was 15 kilos, 15 kilograms. And it made me more self-conscious and insecure about myself. And I, I would look in the mirror and I would be ashamed of how I looked. And yeah, men go through this as well. You know, nothing would fit and everything was too tight. And I felt just completely and utterly useless. You're probably looking at me like, nothing changed, Tom. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> No, but seriously, I blew up like a balloon. I was, I, was, I, was, I was unhealthy. Anyway, I was just having, you know, one of those ordinary days just doing my business. And that particular day, I felt very anxious. I felt very heavy. 
you know, I had trouble breathing. I wasn't physically active at that time as well, so I gained so much weight, which was a natural thing. And when we were in lockdown, I grew, became, I grew lazy and lackadaisical because there was nothing else to do. So finally, you know, I was walking to the shops one day, and about 50 meters from my car to, to I think it was Coles, I started to have breathing problems. I started to breathe heavily, and I knew at that point, you know, this is not good. I started to have breathing problems, and I had to stop and catch my breath, right? I knew at that moment that, hey, something has to change. Something has to change. And, you know, I felt, you know, what I, what I felt was there was so much hurt and pain that I, I felt because before that time I was physically active, I was really active. But then now you look at this person, you look at this person in the mirror and you just feel so much anger and shame. And I was hurt. Right? Now, does anyone know Nike's famous quote? Just do it. Yeah, I love this. Just do it. Nike's famous quote is called, just do it. And I saw that sign walking into the shops. And you know when your life just flashes like inside of your mind? Just do it. I knew at that moment I had to stand up and to act. And I made the decision. You know, I don't know the details. I don't know the how, the when, the where. But I felt the sensation that I just had to do it. You know, somebody needs to do something and it's going to be me. And the three things, again, to start us off, to start a good work. What do we have to do? We have to sit down to cry. Let it break your heart. Kneel down and pray, realize and recognize that our God has the power to do the impossible. And number three, we stand up and we act. We just do it. We just do it. You know, all of us have been given an opportunity to start a good work this morning. I don't know what God is speaking to each and every one of us this morning, but I believe that God is really inkling in our hearts to start a good work to start something fresh to start something fresh and as always what we want to do here at transform is we want to give you questions to take throughout the week to help you and my first question is this if you're writing this down if you want to take a photo of it the first question is this: all of us have been given a good work what is stopping you from standing up and acting on it Oftentimes, we make so much excuses in our lives and say, you know what, I'm too busy. I got to mow my lawn. I got to take my kid to school. And oftentimes, we make too many excuses in our lives to really put on hold what God has been given us to start a good work. What is stopping you this morning from standing up and acting on it? from actually doing it. What is stopping you? Think about it throughout the week. Think about what is stopping you from standing up and acting on it. And question number two, in what area of transform can I really, can I realistically contribute today? In what area of transform can I realistically contribute today? You know, oftentimes when we want to start a good work, we think that we have to go overseas to do it. Why don't we just start at home first? Why don't we stop at something real first? Where something is tangible. Where something that you could actually see moving. What is something that we could do 
In what area of transform can I realistically contribute today? Like if you like we have a building project right now. If we want to move forward and move into the new building as a church, so, and, and someone who just learned about how to stand up and act, you know, there are many areas in our home church right now that needs a lot of help. Like, you know, we got painting and gardening, stuff like that. What can I contribute today? In what area of transform can I realistically, I've highlighted realistically in there, to make sure that everybody kind of understands that realistically contribute today those are my two questions let's stand this morning and we're just gonna close it off you know i don't know who this is gonna talk to but i feel like god is really speaking over me through this and i i don't know who this is speaking to but there's somebody something bothers you you know maybe you've tried to keep it at a distance maybe you've put something off for a very long time that's preventing you to start a good work but now what we're going to do is we're going to let it in we're going to let it in this morning you're going to feel it and then what we're going to do is we're going to get into our prayer closet and your prayer place and we're going to kneel down and we're going to invite the power of God in your life and then at some point God's going to give us the wisdom and the knowledge and the utterance to do something about it and a lot of the time we are asking ourselves constantly who am I am I good enough who am I? So do I have to be extra special? You know, a lot of the time we feel or think that we need to have an extraordinary talent, gift, or zing to be able to be used by God. And we always say, you know what? I don't have a lot of experience that we have to be somebody. Well, look at Nehemiah's example. You know, there are thousands of nobodies today doing miraculous things that we don't even know about right now because they stood up and acted. You know, there's so many of us here today who are sitting here with so much doubt, so much guilt, so much pain, and so much history that you think it outweighs your willingness to stand up and act on something in your life. You know, maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Tom, you don't know me. You don't know my story. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. There's people that walked in here today that you have convinced yourself that where you are is where you will ever be that you will ever get to that might be true in your own strength. But remember this, you don't have to be appointed by man if you are called by God this morning. You don't have to be chosen by people. We just need to step into it. Because perhaps just like Nehemiah, an ordinary guy in every other extent was chosen by God to step into the burden and he started the good work. He started the good work. You sit down and you cry and you kneel down and you pray and then we stand up and we act on it. And as always, we do something about it. You know, I don't know if, you know, you're in the process of starting a good work. I don't know if you know if you, if you are brave enough to just dip your toe into the water to start a good work. But I believe that everybody has that burden in their hearts today. That they want to start something, but things are preventing them from doing it. Situations and histories in our lives are preventing us from doing it. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're going to let God ignite a fire in our hearts to start a good work this morning. Amen. Can we do that? Can we pray together? Yeah. Can I get every hands lifted this morning? And we're just going to quickly pray.
Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.